0: You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission, Mission Lab. Lab. From our living new man, Ben Gomei. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille, Camille Brace.
1: Welcome. This is Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace, and I, of course, am here with my husband, Sean. In this episode 62, The Table I Long For. So, Sean, tell us what we're talking about today.
0: Well, last week we mentioned how in a future episode we would break down the values that our restarted church has affirmed and is striving for. And uh, we had four cultural values, and I thought it would be a good idea to just run those back uh, in a full episode and kind of break them down a little bit more. In some ways, it's kind of a review of um, a lot of what we talk about throughout the 62 episodes of uh, this show. So in some ways, it's going to be a review. Um, in other ways, uh, it might be you know, a little different take on the things that we've talked about. Um Well, but, also you know,
1: it also it kind of shows what we've been talking about and how we're actually trying to implement that in our church.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, gives you a little little better picture of what we're trying to do, and um, just the yeah the spirits that spirit that has been manifested throughout this process of restarting our church again. If you didn't hear our Last episode, episode 61, uh, was called Hashtag Restart. We are restarting our church officially, Um, just kind of starting from scratch, saying if there was no church in this location before and we just were starting again, what would it look like just using scripture, using um, a mission mindset, a mission mindset, gospel centeredness? And, um, I have a little bit more to say about that in a future episode, as far as, and I'll give you a little sneak peek, we're not trying to prescribe any specific model. So if you're listening out there, like we're not encouraging you to do exactly what we do. We're just, we just feel like this is, um, something that is resonant with our particular mission field. And again, I'll break that down a little bit more going forward. But without further ado, we want to go over the four cultural values. And then at the end, we're going to read um, something that we have used as a very formative and um, and uh, uniting, um, some call it a poem. It's not a poem. It's just part of a, a, a talk that somebody gave but we use it at our missional community gatherings, and we read it a lot at church. But uh, we'll get to that later. The four cultural values that we are promoting at our new church—we'll run run through them first. We'll give an overview, and then we'll break them down. So a these little are the four
1: that we had talked about in our last episode, as yes. Sean said: disciple making, connection and community, inclusivity, inclusivity and recovery, and creativity.
0: That's right. Now some of those have two, so they're like you slipped a few extra in there. There's like six, not four, but those are more synonyms than uh, than you know different ones. So anyway, we're gonna break them down because when we had our initial brunch back in March, I shared some other sub headings under those four cultural values. So we're just gonna go down this list, and um, so we'll talk first of all about. Value number one, disciple making. We could probably take a whole episode to just talk about each of these particular values, but um, we won't do that. And again, this is kind of review, but so number one, disciple making. We uh, strive to be a church, and I'm going to read these bullet points to begin with. There's two of them, and then we'll kind of break him down a little bit more. But number one, we, we strive to be a church where every member is using his or her gifts to build up the body and make disciples in their workplaces, neighborhoods, classrooms, and any and all <coughs> spheres of influence. And then number two, we aim to be a community where every member is growing in their knowledge of and likeness to Jesus with systems in place to facilitate discipleship and disciple making. That's a mouthful. I know, but, um, but this, you know, some people could look at these values and and they'd be like, well, where's the stuff about the Bible or where's the stuff about present truth or where's the stuff about, you know, our 28 fundamental beliefs. And I would say that's all included in the disciple making piece. Um, the goal is to have people become more and more like jesus which is the point of the doctrines that we hold and so the 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 hope is that we create a culture where it is expected that people are growing in their like i said likeness to jesus growing in their knowledge of him and that they are journeying with others to achieve that as well to to know more about Jesus, to become more like Jesus. Um, and that there just be this culture of, of disciple making that everybody is, is in the, um, spheres of influence in which they reside is making disciples, blessing people, serving people, um, just inviting people into their life. So, That's number one. Do you have anything else to add to that? I was just going to
1: say the the disciple making piece. (coughs) I think a lot of the time um, when we look at church, or at least my my very small perspective of it, is that we kind of, you know, someone makes a decision to follow Christ and they get baptized. And then I feel like a lot of the time that's kind of just it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's myself or friends or acquaintances, whatever it may be, I feel like that disciple making piece kind of just stops like, Oh, well they've already, they've decided to give their life to Christ and they've, they've done the studies and whatnot. And then it's kind of like, almost like we don't need to grow anymore. Um, and so I love this disciple making piece that we're all still striving to encourage people to grow and to, um, have conversations about, you know, Areas of strength that we need to grow in, and um, that type of thing. If that makes sense,
0: yeah. It goes back to episode fifty-seven, the one about baptism, membership, and discipleship. We're not just trying to get people baptized. We're trying to, we're, we're, by God's grace, connecting them to Christ in such a way that they grow in Christ likeness, and and learn, you know, how to submit their lives to Him increasingly. So yeah, that's disciple making. So that's value number 1. So value number 2, Camille will go over this.
1: So this is the connection and community. Um to be a church where every member is leaning into community, doing life together and we've used that phrase many times um on this podcast. Um 7 days a week with others, not just a few hours each Sabbath morning. We strive to be a community where we where all are actively serving and blessing whichever mission field to which God has sent them. So I love, so when we look at um, our church and how we're developing, the one thing that, one, one of the pieces that I love so much is when we look at missional communities and how the church is made up of missional communities, each missional community is gonna have a different area of focus based on the people that is in that group, based on those people's gifts, based on those people's interests. And I love that piece because, um, you know, one person can't possibly reach everybody. And so when you have these missional communities, um, for for some of them to focus on uh, the homeless or those in need in the community in that sector, others to focus on um, maybe one of the universities that's right right in their neighborhood, another missional community to focus on um people that are just right in their neighborhood. Uh, so I just love that aspect of um, church not just being this place where we go for a couple of hours each Sabbath morning, but like church every day of the week. Where, where can we bless people? Where can we um, mingle and interact with people who are hurting and who need a glimpse of hope and a glimpse of who Jesus
0: is? Yeah, and it, you know, this could be a future episode as well, but excuse me, we're still coughing. It's now a week later, as you (laughs) can tell, because this is going to keep going on forever. Um, But uh, I was talking with somebody else recently, and and hopefully we'll get into this episode a little bit more. Maybe we'll do this episode in the future, expound upon it. But, um, and we've mentioned it before, but people aren't looking simply for. A church, they're looking for family, they're looking for a community, they're looking for connection. Um, so we're not just inviting somebody to a program. Uh, I, you know, again, this sounds like a broken record, but sometimes it's good to review it. Uh, I heard a story this last week from somebody, um, uh, where they had met a new, um, they some, some, I won't go into all the details, but they. They came across somebody that they met and, uh, it was just like a, a chance meeting. And it turns out that person lived way back in the same town where they lived and where they had a church. And, uh, they're like, yeah, so we invited him and his wife to church and this is, you know, great celebration. And, you know, this is so great. And I'm I'm not saying that we shouldn't or that, you know, that person's, you know, they shouldn't never have done that, but it's like. Why would I want to invite somebody to a program, a, an impersonal program, when when what people are really longing for is connection and community? Now, I understand some people are introverts, and if I were to meet them on the street and invite them to my house for dinner, it may be a little awkward. But, like, we just have this mentality, inviting people to an event or a program rather than into my life. So, um Or
1: or handing them a track or, you know, something like that. Like, oh, yeah, I did my part. Check it off the list.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So anyway, I think that one's pretty evident and clear. That's the second value, connection and community. The third value.
1: Um, So the third one is inclusivity and recovery. And that is we aim to be a church where every person who enters any circle knows they belong everyone being themselves without judgment and all their brokenness and pain we strive to be a community where every circle is a safe place to grow in grace at the spirit's space
0: spirit's pace
1: oh you misspelled Did this typo? my typo it a typo yes
0: oh boy but you still I, i'm it's still safe for me to have a typo right
1: i don't know you pick uh, on my grammar quite a this bit is, uh, <laughs> this is this
0: uh, is the this was a test to see if yes, you would yes. you would um you know, accept me, even in my, my, uh, mistakes. Yeah. My mistakes. So, yeah.
1: Did you want to add anything to the <laughs> inclusivity? I was wondering if
0: you wanted to expound uh, upon that.
1: Um, well, I was just thinking as I was looking at these, well, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, as you, as we look at connection and community, um, and then even just skipping down to our last one, which is creativity, um, this whole doing life with people and creating this safe space and, you know, meeting with people more than just like two hours every, every Sabbath. Um, so it's sometimes when we're on this podcast, I think we make it sound like it's really easy to do this. Um, and it is. And then the other aspect is it isn't. <laughs> and why I say that. <laughs> profound. <laughs> I'm very smart. profound. <laughs> I have smart phrases. Yes. yes. No, what I'm saying is that it can be really challenging in the fact it's in the in the fact that everyone is so busy. Um, yeah. And trying to coordinate schedules with people. Oh, don't get me. started. Um, don't and even
0: get me started.
1: It's 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 not just here, us here in Maine it's not just us here in new england it's everywhere across the world like mm. the way there
0: may be some places they slow down maybe the if, west a, a we'll few. say the west the western world few america europe australia <coughs> you know japan it's I'm just guessing.
1: um so that can be really really challenging where you um find that time mm-hmm. um <clears throat> for people's schedules to line up um So, yeah, Yeah. I was just thinking about, and I think that's kind of where the part of that creativity can come into is finding creative ways of getting together with people Mm -hmm. and meeting people's needs and, um, making that community and making that connection with other people.
0: You're jumping ahead to creativity.
1: Well, I just threw it in there for a second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's, that's good. I think, um. I don't know if we've mentioned it on here before. We say this a thousand times. It sounds like a broken record. I'm not sure if we've said this before because the truth is we don't keep keep careful notes of what we say and don't say. Um but our good friend Jim Mello, he's been on the show before. He has said to me before it's really really hard to to pursue community with with middle class people. Cuz middle class people were also busy. We have Soccer. We have work long hours. We have all sorts of events, events that just parties. And yeah, get so together. so really experiencing community with the middle class it has its challenge. Of course, as we mentioned before, it's not about additional; it's about intentional, but that takes a lot of intention. But,
1: yeah, yes, it does take a lot of intention for sure. Yes,
0: yes. but I did want to I did want to circle back around to this inclusivity and recovery. That idea that every circle is a safe place to grow in grace at the Spirit's pace—that um, is so critically important. We've talked a little bit about creating safe spaces before, and I know that is a buzz phrase to some people. Like, oh, we're just—we're just, we're just uh, excusing sin by using that phrase, which is not at all what we're talking about. Um, it's only in the context of a safe environment that people grow. It's only in the context of non-judgment that people can be delivered from shame and guilt and grow in their discipleship. Um, so we just we just want people to have the assurance that when they walk into a missional community, when they walk into a worship gathering on Sabbath morning that they will not be condemned. They will not be shamed. Um, they have permission to be who they are without judgment and they can grow at the spirit's pace. And, you know, some people like to say, and I heard someone say this week, oh, the idea that, um, the, the idea of overcoming sin is really, uh, distasteful to some people. And it, And I just, first of all, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to grow, like doesn't want to become a better person. I I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who say that, but we have the natural inclination to better ourselves. Plus the Holy Spirit is urging us to better ourselves. And so people don't need to be preached at and shamed and guilted to like get better or overcome sin. They just need to feel safe enough to do it at their own pace. So Anyway, that's a whole, a whole episode in and of itself, I'm sure, which we've kind of already done uh, episode, I don't know, 10 or 11 with Jim Mello creating safe spaces. Uh, so then that's, that's number three. Number four, creativity. And this one is kind of very broad, um, but three quick bullet points. We strive to be a community where everyone utilizes her or his gifts to creativ- creatively, Creatively whoo, <laughs> creatively build up the kingdom and bless the body. Also, we aim to be a church sold out to the beautiful picture of God that classic Adventist theology prevent, presents. But this is a long sentence, stick with me. But that acts with theological generosity toward all, refusing to major in minors. So I'm gonna before I lead, read bullet point three, I want to stop right there because um, as a church we are I'm speaking about a lo, our local church we are so enamored with the beautiful theological picture that Scripture presents of God, and as Adventists have come to be privileged to understand. So we are like deeply, deeply, deeply committed to that. But we, actually I shouldn't say, but I should say as a result of that, we act with theological generosity towards all, because that is fundamentally at the core of what it means to be an Adventist. Adventist theology promotes theological generosity. Now this is maybe getting a little, uh, little theoretical and theological, mm. but, uh, at, at its core Adventist, the gospel as Adventists understand it promotes liberty of conscience. That's actually a very, very fundamental core belief that we have liberty of conscience, um, allowing other people to grow and progress in their thinking again at the pace that the spirit leads them. So when somebody, for example, comes in and we're having a theological conversation around the tables, you know, during mix and mingle time, we're not going to jump on somebody for having a different belief than us. We're not going to shame them for not believing in the Sabbath or, or you know, not uh, believing that uh, there's a sanctuary in heaven. Now, we we embrace all those beautiful teachings and precisely because we do embrace them and precisely because we are secure in them, we do not feel threatened by other people having um, different beliefs. And together with that, we refuse to major in minors. What, What we talked about throughout the steering committee process is if scripture does not clearly teach it, if our fundamental beliefs, 28 fundamental beliefs of the church do not uh, articulate it, we will not make a big deal of it. So I could think of a myriad of examples. Do you want me to cite a few, Camille?
1: Um, It's up to you.
0: <laughs> As an example, um, Scripture does not clearly prohibit, nor does... Our fundamental beliefs prohibit the use of certain instruments when we're worshiping together on Sabbath morning. (laughs) And that could be a whole other episode as well. This may come as a shock to some people. And, um, you know, you may be turning uh, turning us off right now, but that we're just not (laughs) going to major in that issue. We're not going to fight about it. We're not going to squabble over it. If, Camille, you come in tomorrow morning and you bring your, you know, bongos, we're not going to. Kick you out of the church, or
1: my accordion, or your accordion,
0: or your <laughs> harp, or your organ. We're not gonna like make that a theological issue. Um, so anyway, that's <laughs> that's the second bullet point of creativity. We want to we want to encourage creativity. We want to encourage people to utilize their gifts. Um, so then, number three on the bullet point, we aim to be a part of a gospel movement that multiplies disciples, communities, and churches. So we want to be. We wanna be, you know, a church of that, that gives birth to other churches, a church that gives birth to more communities and more disciples. We wanna we wanna be a part of a movement. Not it's not about church growth, it's about multiplication, it's about building up God's kingdom.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's the why, as as you got you have mentioned before, throughout the whole process of the steering committee and, and forming this, you know, restart why do we why do we have this church? Why is it here? Why does it exist? And that conclusion was to make disciples those disciples to make disciples and to multiply. We're not just here to have a church to have a church. Um, that's not what God wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, his instructions were to make disciples. So if our idea of making disciples is coming to church on Sabbath morning and sitting there for two hours. And then going home, well, we're we're not doing what he asked. So um, I mm-hmm. love that being the yeah. forefront of our minds. Like, why are we here? What are we yeah. doing?
0: Yeah, another phrase that comes to mind is, if you start a church, you may not get disciples, but if you make disciples, you'll always get the church. Um, so, but but kind of a little different take on that as well is that um, I love. My buddy Jerson Santos, who works for the General Conference headquarters in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, for the Seventh day Adventist Church. And this is a a little different, uh, (coughs) excuse me, this is a little different slant to that idea. But in an article he wrote recently, he said, Instead of asking, How can we make this church grow? we should ask, How can I transform my community? And I love that. And that's the difference between an attractional church and a missional church. An attractional church is inward centered, thinking, okay, how can we get our church bigger? How can we serve ourselves to know how can I build up my community, transform my community? That's a missional question. Now, before we get to our, um, our, uh, the table I long for a reading, I did want to add something that. Um, maybe as a point of contrast, I think that it's, there's a lot of churches that are started today or restarted or transitioned that are, that like kind of pride themselves on being trendy and relevant and loving. Um, but when you kind of pull back the curtain a little bit more, they aren't necessarily they don't have deep community and they don't have much discipleship it's kind of like you go on a sabbath morning or a sunday morning and you're going to get a really 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 friendly church and people are going to be nice and they're going to you know dress down and they're going to say come as you are and you know we accept everybody And we're really kind and loving and, you know, we're not going to make a big deal about these minor issues, which is stuff that we value as well. But just because a church is a trendy and friendly church, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a loving church, nor does it mean at all that they are a church that promotes discipleship. And I think that's an important distinction because If we talk about love, but we don't talk about discipleship, we're actually kind of defeating our own purposes. What I mean by that is if we're only talking about love, which means acceptance and non-condemnation, which is really, 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 really important, but we don't also teach people to grow in Christ-likeness, the... Non-love will just continually perpetuate because it will just leave people in their self-focused, self-centered experience. In other words, I put it this way. all stick with me, right? Mm-hmm. Our goal as a church is not simply to love people. Our goal as a church is to...
1: Make disciples.
0: Love people to such a degree that they themselves would learn to love people mm-hmm. you got it that's that's a very very important distinction we want not only to have people feel loved but we want people to grow in love so that they themselves can pass on that love and the um love circle can grow and people can can you know overcome their Selfish behavior, overcome their behavior that causes other people to feel shamed and not loved. So I think that's that's an important distinction. And of course, we think that the best way to experience that deep community, that deep love, that deep discipleship is by having missional communities that live life together and do mission together um, and disciple one another. Okay, is that a good good kind of little caveat Yep. All right. So you're ready to roll. This. So this,
1: yeah. So as we wrap up.
0: Yes. This is a. Go ahead. As we wrap up, what? This is a. Uh, we read this at the beginning of all of our missional community gatherings. Kind of just sets the tone. It. It helps people understand that this is a safe place. This was actually. Um, I just came across this last October. A friend of mine put this on my Facebook wall, and I read it last October. I loved it. It's actually taken from a talk by Jeff Chu called Everyone at the Table. It's the very last part of his talk. He shared this, I don't know, a few years ago. And so we just read this and you may find it to be something you want to share as well. It's, it's not word for word uh, f- as he wrote it, but, but most, you know, 98% of it is there's a few slight little syntactical corrections. But anyway, we go paragraph by paragraph, reading, alternating. We go around a circle. Camille and I will go around our own circle, <laughs> just the two of us. So, Okay. All right. Without further ado.
1: The table I long for, the church I hope for, is a place where we let others see where the spirit meets the wounds and we help heal those wounds.
0: The table I long for and the church I hope for has the grace of the gospel as its magnificent centerpiece.
1: The table I long for and the church I hope for is where we care more about our companions than about winning our arguments with them, where we set aside the condescension that accompanies our notion that we need to bring them our truth.
0: The table I long for and the church I hope for has each of you sitting around it, struggling to hold the knowledge that you, vulnerable you and courageous you, are beloved by God, not just welcome but desperately and fiercely wanted.
1: The table I long for and the church I hope for is made of a rough-hewn humility, nailed together by a Jesus who has given us this ridiculous freedom to be wrong and yet still be made right.
0: The table I hope for and the church I long for is a place where we love, especially when it isn't easy, allowing us to be vulnerable, inviting every voice to join the conversation, Pushing us meal by meal towards community, towards communion.
1: Can we build that kind of table? Can we be that kind of church? I think so. And at that table, we're going to eat family style.
0: Mm. There you go.
1: So it's—I love it. It's a great yeah. reminder of of what our mission is and and what our goal is.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it. We hope you've uh, been. Inspired and challenged, and your heart has been stirred as we seek to be a faithful group of disciples who are uh, joining up with God in His mission. We appreciate you taking the time, and we will look forward to being with you again next week on Mission Lab.
1: See you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ergang. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast.